0: the destruction to regional New Zealand after cyclone Gabrielle is incredible Hawke's Bay Gisborne the Coromandel Northland they've all taken a battering and recovery is going to take years we also need to have a serious discussion about infrastructure in this country and how we rebuild to future proof for the next generations joining me now is chief executive of the New Zealand Infrastructure Commission Ross Copeland good morning to you good morning Jerry so the $250 million, that won't be the end of it. That's the start. Is it a good start?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's pragmatic, um, Kerry, but I guess, firstly, i just really like to acknowledge the great work that the response crews are doing out there, trying to look after New Zealanders. Um, there's been a hell of a lot of loss of life and, and property damage and so on. So you know, our thoughts, firstly, are with them and, and making sure that that $250 million goes to the right places just to keep those initial crews really busy because, I mean, mm. that's the critical thing right now is getting boots on the ground and, and getting into the recovery phase.
0: Have we got the people to be able to rebuild?
1: Yeah, you know, it's, it's been a, a tough couple of years on yes. the resource front for New Zealand. You know, we've seen um, massive growth coming out the back of really low interest rates, uh, along with a, a historically very high infrastructure pipeline um, you know, we we tracked that at the commission and, and currently we're looking at about $78 billion in that infrastructure pipeline over the five years ahead. So that, that's the record for New Zealand um, and that does put a lot of pressure on labour markets. So when labour markets are tight, naturally it becomes quite difficult to have that extra capacity you need to respond to events like this. Yeah. Um, and saying that, you know, there are um, resources can always be made available and redeployed and a lot of New Zealand's, you know, councils, local government, government, um, Our big contracting firms, you know, and electricity distribution and so on, have the ability to move resources around, and we're seeing that. You know, the leaders are really stepping up and making those calls and getting people to where they're needed.
0: We are. I mean, when you look at the devastation, are some roads going to have to be declared non-viable and alternate routes found? Is it going to be that big that we're basically starting starting back at the drawing board?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know that we'll be redrawing the survey boundaries of New Zealand. You know, we've got the sort of fundamental right to be able to access property. Um, but what we probably do need to be having a conversation about is the level of service yeah. of the infrastructure that, that connects out, particularly into regional and rural New Zealand. You know, there'll be some real tough calls to be made around which bridges are replaced. place, you know, how many residents is that particular infrastructure asset serving? How do we pay for it long term? Uh, what are the you know standards that that would be necessary to consider? Um, should we actually be uh small creeks rather than building bridges over them? All those kinds of conversations are likely mm-hmm. to happen as you get to the edge of infrastructure networks where the the use of the asset decreases, um, you know, through through lower density. But rural New Zealand is still a massive part of our economy. Yeah. Uh, we still need to be able to connect it back to our port sector to actually export goods to market. You know, New Zealand largely has this sort of export-led uh, economy and, and that's going to continue. So the, the importance of a strategy that connects rural and regional New Zealand uh, to markets is something that, you know, transport planners and so on really need to be mindful of. The um, I heard
0: Stephen Joyce, and of course he has the experience of Christchurch and Kaikoura, and he was saying that Waka Kotahi's probably not the right people to be doing the roads because their focus has not been on roading over recent years and that a lot of the people who would know about roading have gone elsewhere.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, (laughs) a challenging time for for Wakaute to balance all of the expectations that are coming their way. Um, Obviously, the government sets the policy direction through the GPS for land transport and they're required to respond to that. So, you know, as new transport activity classes are introduced, uh, as aspirations around, you know, mitigating the effects of climate change from transport start to play a greater prominence, they have to respond to that. So, you know, I have some sympathy uh, for the for the leadership team there and the task that they're faced with, which is balancing all of those priorities in a world where there's greater and greater expectation and there's yeah. no more money.
0: Is this an opportunity to, get to do things right and to future-proof, just as our forebears you know, gave us uh, an infrastructure t- to inherit. We can do that for the next generation.
1: Totally. I mean, we, I'm very optimistic that we'll sit down through this exercise and certainly for the Commission, we're really interested in what, what comes next. You know, yeah. we're, we're obviously trying uh, to let the recovery teams do their good mahi now yep. but we're really interested in the next phase of saying well you know what is the right level of service to build back to you know should uh, we actually have a more systematic approach to identifying risk around the country now we've got a great institution in New Zealand called the Lifelines Council that systematically looks at infrastructure resilience and particularly what they call lifeline utilities which are defined in our Civil Defence and Emergency Management Act Yeah, and they say well alright you know, after a disaster, there's a sort of a hierarchy of infrastructure that you need to have back up and running. And even interesting, you know, in the last few days, listening to commentary from um, various ministers around the critical importance of communication. You know, they, it's like trying to run an army without comms. Yeah. You know, it's not working very well for Russia at the moment. And you can see when you're trying to deploy an army of um, volunteer community and infrastructure contractors, you know and in skilled labor into this response effort you've got to have comms yeah. so what is an integrated uh infrastructure strategy look like and i say integrated quite deliberately because you can't have water networks without electricity you know you can't run the pumping systems and so on without comms because the SCADA systems that operate the pumps rely on communication technology so we're We're sort of dealing in this issue of what we call network convergence or the coming together of all of these critical infrastructure networks, including transport, uh, as a real underpinner, but all of these others are equally important. And I think the thing we're really interested in is, you know, and we did this work through the National Adaptation Plan last year. Um, one of our good people was involved in developing some of the recommendations for infrastructure, and one I really liked was this idea that infrastructure providers will publish the resilience levels yeah. that communities can expect from their particular infrastructure network. So what that allows us to do as New Zealanders is, is make our own plans accordingly. You know if the water nice. network has the yeah. potential to be out of action for two weeks, you can make your own you know preparation around the house, okay, we're going to use ten litres per day per person there's four in our household, you know, two weeks of storage and you know what you need to prepare for. I think that the challenge we've had is that, you know, the average person on the street doesn't know when the telecommunications might be up and running. You know, we don't quite know when we'll have fuel supplies restored mm. or, um, you know, when the electricity might be back on. And so it's very hard to prepare accordingly. So there's a lot of this, I think, there will be some really strong lessons that we learn from this that we can bring forward into our planning
0: Good Lord, personal responsibility. What a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful opportunity for New Zealanders as well, to work with, you know, authorities and work with those who are providing the infrastructure to have their own personal plans for their own households.
1: It is, you know, starting to join the dots. You know, we've seen, um, (laughs) you know, Civil Defence having, you know, campaigns, public awareness campaigns about earthquakes in the past. Um, Be prepared, you know, that message of, being prepared is a function of understanding what you're preparing for, <laughs> and I think yeah. you know, that's been a real challenge for people because we haven't actually, you know, as infrastructure providers, and that's my background as well, yeah. often we didn't know what our networks yeah. would be capable of post-event. We didn't know what uh, frequency or severity we should be modelling to. So that's a bit of work we do need to do, I think, and, and we've got to invest in understanding that baseline of performance. Where are we at? You know, where are we at in Wellington? Where are we at in Palmerston North? Where are we at in Southland? Where, where are we at if we have an Alpine Fault um, event, you know, which quite a lot of uh, modelling work has been done at, um, and, and therefore what the communities need to do to build their own, you know, res- resilience and ability to get through those first few weeks.
0: Fantastic. Great. Lovely to hear from you. Thank you, Ross Copeland, Chief Executive of the New Zealand Infrastructure Commission. I love this. Rather than us sitting there going, "Well, you fix it, you make it happen, community by community can look at what has been provided and what emergency supplies need to be there in the case of a 1 in 100 weather event, which seem to be happening every six months.